That's right, it's the final episode of the week of the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. And what a day it has been. It's been a fantastic day for the good guys. Starting off, I don't know if any of you know about the Freedom of Information Act request that said we want to see all of the data that Pfizer had on its 108 days of study before it introduced these gene therapy platforms marketed as vaccines onto the public. And Pfizer, of course, said, well, you know, it's going to take a long time to release all of that data because we had a lot of it in 108 days. We're going to need uh, 75 years to get all that out into the public. Why would you need 75 years to release 108 pages worth of data? Seems like somebody is trying to hide something that is, that's extremely damaging, don't you think? Well, a judge came out today and said, F you, you're going to have to release all of that a lot sooner. So now, Pfizer has until January 31st to release the first 12,000 pages of documents. And then they are mandated. Whoa, mandated. I know that's such a big word for everybody. Uh, I think it's 54. Five or 55,000 pages a month starting March 1st of 2022. So, whoa, that judge did the good thing. That judge came out guns blazing, saying enough is enough. We want to know what happened and why you're trying to hide everything because it's absolutely ridiculous. And thankfully, something like that happened. And so Pfizer's projection of wanting 75 years gets cut down to eight months. So really, we're going to find out what's in all this stuff by the end of the year, by the beginning of next year. So good things happening there. And then we've got India. India came out and said, guess what? We are going to flip the bird to Merck because Merck is trying to hawk their COVID-19 antiviral pill Molnupiravir, Molnupiravir, I don't know if that's, you know I hate these words, I can't stand these words, so when I first read about this story a couple of months ago, um, it was, it turned out that it may have been used in AIDS patients, and then we hear, well, if it's an AIDS patient drug, then obviously Dr. Fauci has his dirty fingers all over it. Um, and it was turned down, apparently, and now it's trying to make a comeback. Apparently. I mean, it's from what I read, read a long time ago, and I'm trying to do it from memory. So now India, and this is from ICMR, which is the Indian Council of Medical Research, Director General Balram Bhargava. This person, I don't know if that's a male or a female, came out on Wednesday and said, Molupiravir... <laughs> Molnupiravir uh, has major safety concerns, so sorry, we're not going to do it, even though the FDA came out right and said, you know, this is the safest drug ever, and we're just going to introduce it. They get, of course, the FDA gave it EUA, so it's emergency use authorization, right? So it's never going to get approved. It's only going to be available through emergency use authorization, which means experimental. And, uh, you know, the same thing with all the inoculations, too. So anyway, Balram said uh, Molnupiravir has major safety concerns, including terotogenicity. Tera- 
Teratogenicity? I don't know. Mutagenicity. Mutagenicity. Ah, muscle and bone damage. Um, if this drug is given, contraception must be done for three months as the child may have problems. Okay, so let's go back to the words that I stepped all over like a horrible, horrible child. So if we look at what teratogenicity is, it's the ability to cause, and this is from sciencedirects.com, it's the ability to cause defects in a fetus, in a developing fetus. So basically, it, a lot of things could do something to a fetus, and they call it teratogenicity. And that includes things like alcohol, things like lithium, and all of the things that you should not be ingesting whilst pregnant. Now, mutagenicity. So, okay, so before that, terotogenicity, right, basically is what you would see in somebody with Down syndrome. So that's what that is all about. And so that's what they're essentially saying here is that not only do, is this stuff causing mutagenicity, which is, oddly enough, from chemsafetypro.com, refers to the induction of permanent transmissible changes in the amount of structure of the genetic material of cells or organisms. They're trying to rewire and rebuild the basic human into some other form. That's what's going on here. These changes may involve a single gene or a gene segment or a block of genes or chromosomes. The genetic change is referred to as a mutation and the agent causing the change as a mutagen. So that's essentially what's going on here. All of these drugs are trying to alter the genes of the human. Now, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Why is all of this data, why, when they create these mRNA platforms in the form of inoculations, they say, oh, we got the gene, and this is from Fauci and also Australia, oh, we, well, we've got the, uh, the gene sequences from China. Now, why would you be getting gene sequences from China? Why would you be assuming that the gene sequences that you're getting from China is, in fact, the gene sequences you would want to be injecting into people. Why, for the split second of critical thinking, would you assume that China giving you the gene sequences had altruism in mind and they wanted to help humanity? I am extremely cautious about saying that is the case. But goodness gracious, the good news is that India has thumbed its nose yet again. And India, after um, bringing out that fantastic treatment to combat COVID, which probably included ivermectin, possibly hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and vitamin D, and all that stuff, uh, they're not allowed to talk about it. So they're thumbing their nose again at Merck for those reasons. So thank goodness for that, because otherwise we would never hear about it in the United States. It just wouldn't come out. They would just ignore it altogether. And so at least we've got some good people out there, and thank God something like this is happening. All right, so Kazakhstan. Now, Kazakhstan is going through a bit of a coup, 
do not ever believe people like Jen Psaki or anybody in the West when they say, oh, this is just a grassroots uprising. Oh, they're so unhappy about their fuel costs that they have to rise up and protest and burn their cities down. Is that what they have to do? Have you seen any of the photographs and any of the videos from Kazakhstan today or yesterday? Somehow these people know where all of the armories are. And somehow these people knew how to get into the armories. And somehow they know how to work all of the weapons. You heard, I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but there are plenty of people got shot today, killed, wounded. I mean, what's really going on here? Something like this just doesn't happen. This takes years and years of planning, of, of finding people that you can bribe and finding people that will join your cause. This doesn't happen overnight. So who wants this? Who would want to overthrow Kazakhstan and why? Well, we can go back to The Sun. They posted an article back in October of 2020 Oh, goodness. Biden's web. Hunter Biden worked as a go-between for Kazakh oligarch with links to Prince Andrew, who called ex-vice president's son, my brother. Whoa! What are the odds of Hunter being involved in something evil? Oh, I don't know. Hunter Biden worked as a go-between. The second son, blah, blah, blah. The businessman from Kazakhstan... His name is Kenneth Rakashev, and he was an investor and an entrepreneur. Whoa, whoa, and has close family connections to former President uh, something Nazarbayev, dictator, accused of human rights abuses. Wow, isn't that something? Nazarbayev in the f- uh, is the father-in-law of somebody else, an oligarch. It was once claimed Prince Andrew sold his $15 million home for $3 million over the asking price. And, you know, they had various meetings in New York City and Washington, D.C. And so I wanted to check in with it, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so the point of all of this is what? You've got accused pedophiles going after, not going after one another, but assisting one another. Notably, the former VP's son has been accused of serving the strategic interests of China's government. The article continues, and in March 2020, he made headlines after a missing, after missing a child support deadline. Oh, poor Hunter, poor Hunter. Oh my gosh. Point is this. We know that Prince Andrew had some icky things with Jeffrey Epstein. We know that Hunter Biden is rumored to be coordinating... Now, it's all rumor. Rumored to be coordinating with Ukrainian oligarchs, including human trafficking, child trafficking, and if we're to believe Hunter Biden's laptop, which we do, apparently there were stories going around about Hunter because he was texting his... Not his mistress, but his lover at the time his brother's ex-wife, after his brother died, that he was upset that there were stories going around about how his, how Hunter was gallivanting around Ukraine, capturing kids, and then burning them alive after he, he abused them. 
And he's texting her about these stories. I've read them. It's true. It's in his Hunter's, in Hunter Biden's laptop. Which, by the way, Garrett Ziegler, if you follow him on Telegram, he is going to be releasing all of the salacious material from Hunter Biden's laptop. He transcribed it. He wrote it out. He mapped it all out so you have all the names and everything like that. So that's going to be fairly important. Watch out for that. So it's important to realize what's going on here. So it looks like in Kazakhstan, we've got another Hunter Biden, Prince Andrew, possible human trafficking connection here. And these kinds of people, for some reason, wanted to overthrow Kazakhstan. I would suspect... Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at Kazakhstan or you've gone through Google Maps and scoured the countryside of Kazakhstan. There's nothing there. Nothing there. If you wanted to kidnap somebody, that would be the place to kidnap them at. If you wanted to, I don't know, do a Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein-style human breeding ranch, Kazakhstan would probably be the place to do that in. Because if you get people into the step, step S-T-E-P-P-E, then you're never going to hear from them again. It is desolate. It is one of the most desolate countries on the planet. I think I think it's in the top three, if not the top two, if I remember correctly. So once again, we've got this trafficking connection. You've got these people associated with trafficking, human trafficking, and they are coordinating very, very well. But despite all of this, despite all of this, we are seeing something positive because Moscow came out and said that Kazakhstan unrest is a foreign-inspired attempt of... of armed, trained groups to overthrow the state. So Russia's foreign ministry came out and said, guess what? Enough is enough. We're not going to let you do to Kazakhstan what you did to the Ukraine. We consider the recent events in a friendly country to be the foreign inspiration attempted to use armed and trained groups of people forcibly to undermine the security and integrity of the state. She stressed, and this was uh, Maria Zakharova, She stressed that Russia is interested in reinstating the status quo in Kazakhstan and will assist Kazakh authorities in stop the violence. So you had a lot of people go into Kazakhstan. The Interior Ministry said it arrested 2,000 people on Thursday. Dozens of attackers were liquidated, killed. There were also 400 people in the hospital and 12 Uh, Well, I should say this, 353 police officers have been injured, 12 killed, one beheaded. So it is getting extremely brutal. And Hunter Biden probably siphoned all of this kind of material, weapons, uh, training to let this happen into Kazakhstan. So what's the ultimate goal here? What's the ultimate goal? They are trying to surround Russia. They're trying to overcome Russia. And they have reached a fairly good stalemate in the Ukraine because Russia has flexed its muscle and said, if you try to get Ukraine into NATO, well, it's just not going to happen. How about that? And so instead of trying to move the needle in the Ukraine, what the West did was they moved the needle in Kazakhstan and tried to overthrow Kazakhstan itself because once Russia has to deal with that, 
That means that their eye gets off the ball slightly in the Ukraine, which ultimately means that the neo-Nazis over there, funded by the West, are going to attack whatever is not in control of the Ukraine. They're going to go after Crimea, they're going to go after the Donbass region, and all of the rest. You're talking about trying to get Russia engaged in a third world war. That's what's really going on here. Ultimately, it is about ancient, ancient technology. If you look in Kazakhstan, you can find ancient, ancient uh, mounds. If you know anything about the mound builders in the Ohio Valley, a bunch of giants were found underneath those mounds. Um, and they have the same thing all throughout Kazakhstan. Uh, if you look up, oh, what is it called? Something Square in Kazakhstan. It's literal. It, it, nobody knew about it until the I think the 90s, the late 90s or early 2000s. And it's literally a big box, a megalithic box with an X in the box. And you nobody knew about it until they sent up satellites and NASA released some photos of it. That's how desolate Kazakhstan is. People didn't even know about ancient megalithic monuments that are the size of football fields. So I suspect they are in there for those reasons. Okay, so that's going to be it for me. It is the end of another absolutely amazing week. This is the Last Call podcast. And if you're listening to me, you are on the caravan. The Last Call caravan.